Welcome to the College Baseball Nation podcast. I'm your host, John Peters, joined today by Kyle McKelvey. Today on the podcast, we're looking ahead to the third weekend in college baseball. Let's talk college baseball. Kyle, bright and early on a Wednesday morning. This is the first time we've done a morning recording. Yeah. Coffee and podcasting. Coffee and podcasting. I uh, I feel like I, I have an anecdote that perfectly summarizes my current mental state. So today, as I was plugging in my headphones, which I actually accidentally let die, I found just a pile of like very dried ramen <laughs> underneath <laughs> my Great. desk, which is... Uh, was a frantic meal a few weeks ago uh, in between everything, parenting, keeping up with work. And uh, I spilled ramen and I spent like 10 minutes like blotting all the ramen, not picking it all up. But apparently I left just this little pile right on top of the surge <laughs> protector, which feels like the, oh. that's like final destinations right there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so that's was where my mind's at right now packet of ramen or i mean i'm assuming it no, wasn't like the remnants of the like the spillage this it was it was the whole uh but it was from like packet of ramen yeah, not like from a, the, from cup a restaurant noodle. <laughs> cup of noodle for sure no we don't have time for that fancy stuff i only have four <laughs> minutes to plan my lunches <laughs> yeah and i mean ramen at like a restaurant is is delicious but man it, it does it does take a little while yeah very different experience And let's move into our top story. And our top story comes to us from Knoxville, Tennessee. Earlier this week, Maui Ahuna was reinstated. Tony Vitello completed his suspension. A whole lot is happening in Tennessee baseball right now. I want to start off with a little bit of speculation, a little bit of evidence about what happened with Coach Vitello. So, It was on February 24th that Tennessee released a statement saying that the university and Coach Vitello are working collaboratively with the NCAA to address a violation in the program. That word's hard. Yeah, collaboratively. That's a $5 word right there. They uh, said that Coach Vitello would be suspended for their weekend series, which Tennessee would ahead and swept so they didn't really miss him uh we appreciate his cooperation in the process and dedication to doing the right thing by student athletes this is talking about vitello ncaa bylaws prohibit additional comment or details yada 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 uh that led to some rampant speculation about what was going on in the tennessee program um there's a a story behind the potential early recruitment of maui ahuna and uh that along with the fact that Ahuna has had not yet been deemed eligible, uh, led to some speculating that there might be something more serious going on there. But in the interim, since then, Maui Ahuna was officially reinstated, at least as of now, Tony Vitello is coming back to coaching. And in uh, Ahuna's debut in the midweek against Charleston Southern, uh, he was one for four with a single in the bottom of the six, pushed a runner over to third base, ended up being a 6-1 win for Tennessee. Man, a whole lot going on with Tennessee right now, though. Yeah, and I uh, I was a little mad. I picked Ahuna in our fantasy draft that we did, but I ended up getting it. the pick changed out after the fact because we didn't know if he was going to be uh, um, eligible this season, but he's fine. It's, everything's fine. I, I don't want to like wildly speculate, but I mean, it was just a level three. Um, uh, what's the word? 
suspension violation. violation. Yeah, in which apparently schools do those all the time, and they they self-report those so that the NCAA doesn't look into the level ones and twos, um, because usually the, the the penalty for the level threes is just a slap on the wrist or a show cause, whatever that means, uh, <laughs> suspension over the weekend like this. Um, so I, it's probably not a big deal. It's probably just a little bit of tampering, which everyone is doing, but just a little bit of tampering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a tamper here or there. Just, yeah. Just a dabbling in tampering, which everyone in, in, in college sports is doing pretty much. Yeah. I love the that. Tamper, the transfer portal. I think the Twitter dialogue, which Twitter dialogues are always excellent, was like I saw largely between LSU and Tennessee fans, which is just the like, of course, you're doing this to LSU and like yeah. just the, like the like, you know, rampant accusations back and forth. Tennessee, I think, has built a narrative up, which is like I, I'm not a Tennessee athletics expert, but it does feel like disproportionately they have some oddities when it comes to eligibility with their transfers. Their football team also had some some weird things going on. Um, so Tennessee maybe feels a little bit like the victim and uh, a crime that everyone is committing, but um, it's reinforcing Tennessee's status as the team everyone loves to hate. Yeah, I mean, this coming coming off of last year where they were number one for the whole time and they were really just out there about everything. It's this is this kind of season is one that people are going to be gunning for you and you're going to have to deal with that. It's uh, that's how it goes. Up this weekend, Tennessee has a series against Gonzaga. Uh, the Gonzaga was a team that we thought might be a competitive in the West Coast Conference. They're also one and seven start after getting swept in four games at Texas Tech, losing a couple of games to Grand Canyon, Ohio State. They've they've not had a great start to the year. They're really uh, missing some of the uh, pitching losses that they had from a year ago. So this feels like a, a series that, uh, if you're a Tennessee fan, hopefully the Volunteers will continue their winning ways from last weekend and be able to uh to to take the series i think fairly easily talk about a hard non-conference schedule at tech at tennessee a few games at grand canyon yeah it's one of those years where they scheduled hard and maybe you could argue too hard but yeah Let's head over to our next segment, which is over under. We're going to give each other some betting lines, hypothetical betting lines, uh, and we'll have to decide whether or not we think that uh, the over or under is more likely. And I want to start off with Texas A&M. Texas A&M, I think, exercised some demons in the midweek against (laughs) Houston Christian, the school formerly known as Houston Baptist University. Uh, after really struggling to score runs over the weekend, Texas A&M scored 23 runs in a seven, six inning. I mean, they only batted six times, a seven inning game, but they didn't bat in the bottom wow. of seven. <laughs> so in six, six frames, 23 runs. Houston Christian uh, is, is is not the most formidable opponent. And up this weekend, Texas A&M is going to the Shriners Classic. But give me the over-under. Will uh, A&M score more or less than 23 runs this entire weekend? Not in any individual game, but they scored 23 mm. runs on Tuesday. Can they score 23 runs this weekend against tougher opponents? That's like averaging eight runs-ish a game. That's uh, that's about what their average is right now, but you don't have to worry about the context there. <laughs> yeah, I think they... the median might be a more appropriate statistic. Yeah. <laughs> I think 23 runs in one game might bring up the average a little bit. <laughs> we don't need to talk about statistics, you know. Yeah, everyone everyone struggles with statistics. Uh, I would say under just they're facing better pitching. We they already kind of struggled in the weekend series against uh, Portland and had some offense against uh, Seattle. But uh, I 
Yeah, I'll just say under because based on it's it's hard to score 23 runs in a weekend against power conference pitching and Rice. I think I'm going to take the under. They play Louisville in the opener against Ryan Hawks, who in his two starts has given up one earned run, two really quality starts. Um, then they get Rice, which Rice uh, is off to a three and five start, but their pitching staff has been one of their strengths. Texas Tech, a little bit of a wild card facing Texas Tech on the third day of a of a tournament. You never know if Texas Tech is going to have the uh, pitching necessarily to to hang out through the entire weekend. But so far, so good when it comes to Texas Tech <clears throat> undefeated. So, yeah, give me the under. I think I would expect A&M to score closer probably to 15 runs this weekend. Yeah, that's probably fair. I'm excited about that that Friday night game. It was a, That's a uh, super, com- super regional uh, rematch from last year in College Station. Yeah, some bad... Bad blood between the teams, or at least blood between the teams in recent, recent history. They've played three times in their history. I was looking it up last night, and all three of them have been in the postseason. The yeah. last two last year in Super Regionals, and then one time in Omaha. Will they even get up for a regular season game? I mean, Probably who not. cares about it? They only play yeah. each other in the postseason. <laughs> it's, it has no meaning to it. 7.5, that's your next number, Kyle. Wake Forest. Yeah. Hitting seven and a half home runs this weekend. Do you want the over or under on that? Is that that's their average? No, that's okay. That's their average is two point six homers a game. Is it, you have yep, that so their there? average, if they continue that average, would be seven point eight home runs in three mm. a three game series. Well, let's see. They are playing Purdue, Fort Wayne, Ball State, and Cornell. Yeah, one of those little uh, weekend tournament sort of things they have going yeah. on there. I'll go over just because of their competition. <laughs> I agree. I think it's absurd that we put a line at seven and a half for the home runs in a weekend, yeah. but I think this one feels like a pretty safe over for me. Yeah. Cause you can't hit 7.8 home runs. You can't hit 7.5 home runs. You got to put the number somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I think eight feels more likely than seven. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. So like their, their offense has been insane lately. I mean, over the weekend they scored, what is that? 24, Four, almost 40 runs and let, let up two. So that's uh, pretty solid. Yes. Uh, again, though, Wake Forest continues to have not the strongest strength of schedule. We touched about how Illinois is looking like a better win at this point, but uh, it'll be really until uh, conference play gets going. And even then, they'll take some time in conference play before they get some tough opponents. One. That's the next number. Jacob Wilson, star shortstop from Grand Canyon, has struck out once this season in 29 at bats uh last year he had single digit strikeouts throughout the entire season this guy is a contact machine also absurd power this guy is just an unbelievable hitting prospect what's the uh, i'm gonna set the line at one do you want to take the over or under on the number of times jacob wilson will strike out this weekend in their series against texas state yeah, that's uh, so he's got eleven hits on the year in twenty nine at bats. Yeah, he's batting over four hundred. <laughs> Two walks, an intentional walk, sacrifice fly, and one strikeout. Uh, the lone K for Jacob Wilson. I would say the over because uh, it's man, really hard to strike out zero hard. times in a weekend. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, I think they played Texas State this weekend, right? Yep. Yeah, I think Texas. Texas State. State is a little bit better pitching staff than well, than no, Tennessee. Than Tennessee, he Michigan. went up against yeah. Dolander, <laughs> right? 
No, yeah. that's not right. It was against Chase Burns. I Burns, think. yeah. Yeah. But still, um, that's an impressive stretch. So, yeah, I'll go over just because it's hard to do. Give me the under. I want a zero strikeout weekend. I want a zero strikeout weekend for Jacob Wilson. I want the under. We're going to keep track of this and give each other points. and It'll it'll help me in my uh, with my over. All right. So the last up, I want to talk a little bit about LSU. And the line, again, is set at one. Um, actually, no, let's set this one at 0.5. Mm-hmm. So the line is going to be 0.5 Thatcher Heard uh, appearances this weekend. And I don't know if this is a perceived controversy in terms of uh, st- starting rotation or if this is a real one, but and his first midweek start of the year, Thatcher Heard struggled with command. At times, he didn't throw enough strikes. At times, he only filled up the zone and started getting knocked around, and he only went two innings, gave up four earned runs. However, on Tuesday night against Texas, he was uh, four and two-thirds, no runs on the road at a, a reasonably strong opponent. Meanwhile, Riley Cooper, who's currently in LSU's weekend rotation, ha- went five and a third, no runs in his first start, but against Iowa uh, up in uh, Round Rock, he gave up five earned runs in just three inning pitch in what ended up being LSU's first loss of the season. Rumblings uh, suggest that Thatcher Hurd may eventually replace Riley Cooper in the weekend rotation. So, Kyle, over under on 0.5 appearances for Thatcher Hurd. Essentially, do you think Thatcher Hurd is going to appear in a game this weekend? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say yes. At some point, yeah, like you said, the rumblings were that he would eventually replace him. I think someone on, on Twitter I saw said that um, that you, he that they think that that Jay Johnson was doing this just so that they could have Thatcher Hurd against Texas in the midweek. And then he would go back to the starting rotation. I think, I think probably it'll, it'll, it'll come back. He'll come back and, and pitch on the weekend at some point. Maybe Riley Cooper can get some, some good midweek starts against um, lesser competition than Texas, which is likely coming up on their schedule. Yeah, I think LSU has a really interesting schedule this weekend. And so that's why I think I'm also going to take the over so LSU is doing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So if we count that Monday as part of their weekend, because it's one game against Butler on Friday, two against Central Connecticut in the middle, and then a final game against Butler on that Monday. If you start Thatcher Heard on that Monday, uh, that could be uh, six days rest, which I think feels like a, a reasonable amount of rest. We actually could see Riley Cooper and Thatcher Heard, I think, starting essentially in that four game stretch. True. And maybe that begins the process of replacing Thatcher Heard in the rotation. Yeah, that that uh, that, that does technically count for the weekend, but Monday is definitely not a weekend day. It's I feel like it counts as the weekend because it's the same opponent they play on a Friday. Hmm. It counts as the series. How about that? Maybe not all right. this week. All right. Maybe just all right. All right. Semantics goes to <laughs> Kyle this round. Next up on the podcast is the fastest segment in the West. We're doing 10 picks in five minutes. There are 10 weekend series that you and I have already given to each other off the air. Now we're on the air going to be making and defending these picks, but you only get 30 seconds to defend this pick. People, they're, the people listening to this podcast, they're busy people. They don't want to listen to us ramble <laughs> on too long. You get 30 seconds, Kyle. If you run out of time, you will hear that ding. 
and uh, I am quite liberal with the ding. So you'll you'll be dinged, Kyle. Oh, I know. <laughs> so first up, I'm going to be giving you a series. Let's start the clock. Campbell traveling to Louisiana. Man, this was a tough one. I I went with Campbell for this one. This is a two a, a really fun series. Um, I think I'm just gonna go with Campbell. That's there's not much to say about it really. This is like a fun non-conference series. Campbell has already beaten Rutgers at home. They blew out Butler this weekend, um, but they're traveling on the road for their first time. And and Louisiana has played some pretty good competition. They played BYU in a four game series, swept that, which is always hard to do. Um, but I'm going Campbell. I'm sticking with my guns. And now you can pick on the spreadsheet. You can pick Illinois at Sam Houston. Uh, I think this is a really tough series to pick. Good job yeah. giving me this one. I think Illinois uh, is coming off of, obviously, a really nice series win at Southern Miss. And Houston had a really great showing, uh, dropping a game to LSU, but knocking off uh, Iowa as well as K-State. I hate to do this, but giving the road team Illinois in this one, I think that their mature bats are going to be a little bit too much for Sam Houston to handle. So give me the fighting Illini. Speaking of Southern Miss, you get DBU at Southern Miss as your next one. This is a this is a pretty fun one. I I uh, didn't realize coming into the season that we were going to get this one. This this is two really fun mid majors that are think of themselves higher, of course. But and uh, now this is a Conference USA versus Sun Belt matchup, which is a really weird thing to wrap your mind around. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I I think I just like Southern Miss's pitching to come back a little bit. Uh, Dallas Baptist. And both Southern Miss lost a midweek game last week against in-state opponents. Uh, and uh, but I think I think Southern Miss's pitching is is just going to be too much for for the Patriots. Now you can pick UConn at Florida Atlantic. I think last weekend you said that you would never pick against Florida Atlantic again, <laughs> and so I'm going to carry on that legacy. I'm picking FAU in this one. UConn, uh, we have them ranked in our top 50. UConn always has an interesting schedule because they start entirely on the road. They're 3-3. Three and three. They had some games in California canceled. They dropped the game to Cal. I think because they just haven't played that many games, they've only played six games so far, uh, this is going to be a little bit challenging to rise up to the level of FAU. So give me the Fighting Owls. Yep, that's the Owls. Georgia Southern at UCF. This is a fun one. I, UCF has um, only lost once this year. They went on the road and beat beat Clemson. Um, they swept Clemson. Swept, swept Clemson. <laughs> and yeah, I, I uh, if if this was on the road, this would be a little bit tougher. But um, root, root, root for the home team. So give me UCF in this one. Ooh, time Ding. is fair, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm just like to be efficient. Um. <laughs> you can now pick uh, South Carolina at Clemson. Well, two in Clemson, one in Columbia. Yeah, we're going to touch more on the ACC versus SEC series later. Uh, but give me South Carolina in this one. Clemson was embarrassed. Uh, was embarrassed, I think. Yeah, it's fair to say by UCF at home. Uh, South Carolina, the offense has been ridiculous. A little bit slowed down by Penn, but still enough to sweep Penn over the weekend. Pitching has been really solid, too. Give me South Carolina in this one. Hey, would you like an ACC SEC series to pick? <laughs> I sure Let's would. give you uh, Georgia Tech, Georgia. Oh, man. I uh, I think I got this wrong when I looked at the schedule, and it's actually 
two in Atlanta and one in Athens. And I think that is enough to sway my opinion. Um, so I'm going to go with Georgia Tech here. Th- these teams are, I feel like, really close in my mind. Georgia, we always have ranked early in the season, and they kind of fall off sometimes. Georgia Tech recruits <laughs> really well. It, it feels like that is the case lately, like the last few years, that Georgia is always just kind of hanging around 40 to 50. And then, yeah, I don't know. But give me Georgia Tech. Now, you can take Texas State traveling to Grand Canyon. Give me the lopes. Jacob Wilson and his zero strikeouts and 500 (laughs) batting average this weekend are going to carry Grand Canyon over Texas State. We just saw Texas State lose a series to Oral Roberts at home. I think it's really hard traveling on the road after getting upset at home, uh, giving Grand Canyon in this series. You also now get to uh, pick an interesting team traveling Texas to Cal State Fullerton. I love this. I love this rivalry series. Yeah, it's a fun one. That's the uh, the Augie Garrido series. Um, yeah, I I had faith com- on full in Fullerton coming into the weekend this past weekend and uh, uh, taking the series over Michigan, but they didn't. They Michigan won the first two games, and that third game got canceled, probably just mostly because of weather, but also they're. Just didn't feel like losing a third game because they probably <laughs> would have. That's why they canceled it. Yeah. Uh, Stan- <laughs> I mean, Fullerton's bullpen is, is blew up in that third game and against Stanford. And uh, I don't know. I just, I have a little bit more faith in Texas to have some offense, to, you know, get their offense back on track. Um, last one for you UC Irvine at Arizona State. Arizona State, but I think this is a really good series. So I think this this is the inverse of what's happening with that Texas State uh, Grand Canyon series. So Arizona State just was, went on the road to Mississippi State and lost the series on the road. I think the best remedy for losing a road series against a tough team is go back home and play another tough team because you're in friendly <laughs> confines, you're against good competition. Give me Arizona State. I think their bats are going to uh, push them past a really strong UC Irvine pitching staff. So Just in time. Just in time. Yeah, my uh, picks are Illinois on the road at Sam Houston, FAU at home, South Carolina against Clemson, picking South Carolina, Grand Canyon at home, Arizona State at home. And I have Campbell over Louisiana, Southern Miss over DBU, UCF over Georgia Southern, Georgia Tech over Georgia, and Texas over Fullerton. I'm really curious about that last one. I think Texas has not had any life in their bats so far. But maybe, like you're saying, going against a shaky bullpen. This will be the, the weekend for Texas to wake up. Next up on the podcast, a segment called Pick a Side. We get one topic for this segment, and we each have to choose a different side. So no agreement. Back to disagreeing, Kyle. We can't say the same thing. No one wants to hear us parrot the exact same opinions. We got to fight this one out in the in the virtual world. Our topic for this week is ACC or SEC? I'll Question go first. Mark. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's three uh, SEC, ACC series this weekend. Georgia Tech, Georgia, we already touched on. South Carolina, Clemson, we already touched on. And then another one that we neither of us wanted to pick, uh, Miami uh, going to Florida. I think that one is all in Gainesville. But um, I think I'll go SEC this weekend. I, I feel... Um, like you already picked South Carolina. I think I would have made the same pick. Florida's at home. I uh, really like their offense. And also Jack Caglino, Caglione, uh, he's he's just going to pitch all three games and hit like 10 home runs this weekend, right? That sounds like what... Last I checked, he was leading the country in home runs. He hit oh another gosh. one in the midweek. He's at seven. <laughs> that's, that's a, yeah, that's pretty impressive. I'll go, I'll go SEC in this one. 
So you took SEC, which I think is the easy answer, which means I have yeah. to defend the ACC. And I don't think this is like a case of like, obviously it's SEC is going to win these series. I think there is yeah, actually sure. a case to be made for the ACC. And so here's what I'm going to say. I think Georgia Tech's pitching staff has not necessarily done what it needs to do to be a regional host type team, but their offense has. Their offense has been very good this year. Georgia, I don't think, has been tested when it comes to facing an offense quite the level of Georgia Tech. I could see a few like 12-8 games or something like that <laughs> Georgia Tech wins. Um, so I, I do think Georgia Tech, there's a reasonable chance they win that series. And I don't, I don't think that's a bad pick that you made picking Georgia Tech over Georgia. I think when it comes to South Carolina, Clemson, uh, Clemson did get embarrassed, I would say, by UCF losing that the, all three games at home. But with the first-year head coach, Eric Backage, coming over from Michigan, there's going to be growing pains. Uh, I, one thing I love seeing the reaction from South Carolina fans losing that series, that Clemson losing that series to UCF, I kind of thought there would be a little bit of that, like, ha, 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 you just lost a series to UCF. And the conversation I was seeing online with South Carolina fans was like, oh, crap, this means Clemson's going to beat us. Because it seems <laughs> like that rivalry between South Carolina and Clemson is like it's it's kind of like uh stanford oregon football was back in like the the last decade or so where it just felt like whoever was yeah. bound for the playoff the underdog would win it, it you know, just time. feels like whoever the underdog is in this series just gets this extra edge so uh yeah. I, I would be surprised if clemson gets swept in this series so i i think that that's going to be the next most winnable series of the three florida miami i mean i don't know I, I just don't see Miami winning that series. So I think if ACC is going to win these two of these three matchups, it's, it's got to be uh, Clemson and Georgia Tech. I I mean, it's a little too early for individual statistics like on the year. Um, but looking at South Carolina and Clemson, South Carolina is currently be- is has the third highest WOBA and the, the sixth high uh, sixth lowest ERA for the team. Um, and that's there. I mean, Obviously, competition has a little bit of a, a say in, in that, but um, it their offense is just has been crazy this like so far this season. I, yeah, I feel last like I checked Braylon Wimmer was batting over 500. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, and maybe maybe there is something like you're snake bitten by your rival, and maybe they're gonna be more mad now after UCF ran down the hill at the on the football stadium. That was did you see that video? Yeah, it's pretty excellent. UCF rubbing in that loss to Clemson. Yeah, that's a. It's always really fun. I know it's unrelated though because it's football, but um, it's always really fun looking at that hill. I always wanted to do that. (laughs) That sound means that we're going back into the mailbag. We have a couple questions submitted by fans on social media. And I want to start off with one submitted by Philip from the 1012 podcast, which is what's most what's the most surprising team from each uh, quotes major conference so far? Kyle, I know you spent some time thinking about this one. Do you want to give pick a conference and pick a team that you think is a little bit of a surprise? Um, yeah, I'll go. I'll go the Big Ten, which is uh, not where I usually start, but I think Illinois is the obvious um, surprise in a good way. Uh, I'm also intrigued by Iowa. We have another question on about Iowa. I, I feel like both of those teams, like Iowa is the only team to beat the number one team in the country so far this year. Um, they blew them out too. That was, I mean, that was a a pretty uh, unexpected game, I feel like. And then Illinois won that series on the road at Southern Miss. So those 
two teams have the chance to to kind of fight Maryland for that Big Ten championship regular season Big Ten championship, and Illinois doesn't even get to doesn't even have to play them. So I feel like that's a um, a fun surprise. How about that? Yeah, I'm gonna go a surprise in the opposite direction. I'm gonna go with the A and M offense. So I think my surprise team from the SEC is A and M. I I think it's worth and we've seen frequent reminders that this time last year AM lost a series to Penn and they ended up in the last four teams in Omaha. <laughs> but I think the way that AM lost that series to Portland, it was very surprising to see how much yeah. the bats struggled. Uh, that was a, let's say, more mature Portland team, but they're going to face teams that have the experience level of Portland and there's yep. going to be uh, teams that are more talented than Portland. And I think the bats will eventually wake up especially as the weather warms up but i think pretty bad surprise so far from the aggie offense and then uh for the acc i i went with florida state they took that series just this weekend on the road at tcu in a in a really fun back and forth series except for that blowout on, on friday night and i mean i feel like the offense is what i wanted to see from them and it's it's coming through they're they're uh, 48th in the country in woba they're 27th in the country in ERA so they're doing pretty good uh, all the way around and then if we head over to the Pac-12 I think Cal has had a really good start to the season so far uh, I think we in my mind I saw the, the Golden Bears as a top half of the Pac-12 type of team but they have midweek win over Stanford they've knocked off UConn on the weekend they get a really interesting test in Frisco this coming weekend. Will they go up against Ohio State, Mississippi State, Oklahoma? I think those are all winnable games for Cal. I don't think they should win all of them. That's going to be really tough to sweep that. But I think that if Cal ends up winning two out of those three games, that's going to continue to build a narrative that Cal is probably a regional team. Yeah, and I'll take the other surprise like you you did. Um, the Big 12. So we knew things were going to be bad at Baylor. Rebuilds take some time for sure, but... Man, I did not see them losing on the road to Duke by a combined score of fifty-two to seven. That's uh, yeah, two twenty-run games and only scoring one and three in each. That's uh, it's pretty bad. And then also Central Michigan, they let up fifteen runs in an inning, lost twenty to five. Yeah, I think it's the way they've been bad. I think yeah. it's surprising. <laughs> yeah. And then and the I other do side, want to give some uh, honorable mention to Duke and the ACC. Mm-hmm. I think last year was one of those years where just everything went wrong for Duke. You know, Duke had been like a you know team that almost eliminated the Rocker Lighter Vanderbilt team in Nashville in that super regional. It took a no hitter from Rocker to, to even that series. Duke won game one of that super regional. So you know, Duke is not that far removed from being very competitive in super regionals last year mm-hmm. was abysmal this year though they have already uh, notched some really solid wins they beat they shut out east carolina in the midweek nine nothing so duke is i i don't think i want to i'm not going to say it's a huge surprise because we knew that they had some of the dudes there Co- coach pollard's a really solid coach but i think it's been just a, a pleasant a pleasant reminder let's say maybe not a huge surprise yeah. that duke is a is a growing program yeah, that's that's one that we should have taken when we were talking about teams that like coming into the year that could have uh, surpassed their win total from last year. Like that, I didn't see it coming, but they they're, they have a chance to improve on their ten win ACC uh, season last year. I would be shocked and, if they didn't. Yeah, the other team for me from the Big Twelve that's a little bit surprising was was OU. They 
started the season by losing a series at home to Cal Baptist. Uh, and then they've lost a midweek to Abilene Christian, lost a Friday night game to Ryder. They they have a chance to right the ship this weekend in the Frisco Classic, playing Cal, Mississippi State, and Ohio State. That's kind of their first real competition. If they can maybe get it back for this, then they'll right the ship a little bit. But I, I don't see it happening. Yeah, the narrative around the Frisco Classic, it's not necessarily a bunch of top 10 teams like maybe Frisco would have wanted. But I think each of those teams is playing for something. I think Ohio State, it's a little bit tough. They're traveling so much early in the year. But obviously, a couple of wins in Frisco would help them. But I think Cal Mississippi State have very legitimate shots at being ranked uh, in the top 25 if they go and win a couple of games there. I think Oklahoma is running out of daylight when it comes to their non-conference schedule. They do have four games coming up against Stanford in, uh, later this month or early next month. So Oklahoma will have some more non-conference chances, but... They're, they're running out of those. They need to notch some non-conference wins, I think. So this is a big weekend for Oklahoma. One more question from the mailbag. If Portland swept Texas A&M, would they have been in the top 25? And that's from Caden on Instagram. I want to start off. I'll take a stab at this. The top 50 this week was really challenging, and I think it's yeah. always really challenging to know. I think we tend to be more reactionary than some of the other polls out there, but we have our limits. We don't want to be, we don't want to overreact because, I mean, if if we were just going to, if we were going to be purely reactionary, it would just basically be standings, right? Like if, if we were only going to go based off of what teams have done so far, just the wins week, we just say like, okay, this team's undefeated. So they should be ranked really high and stuff like that. So like we have to be forward looking at least a little bit. And at the end of the day, we have A&M ranked higher than Portland in our top 50 because looking forward, we still think A&M has a higher ceiling than Portland. Obviously, one or two more bad weekends, some guys get injured at A&M, that ceiling starts going down, you're gonna, we're obviously going to drop them. They're not immune to being dropped. But I, my instinct is no for Portland being in the top 25 if they swept A&M. What are your thoughts on that? Where do we have them? I think we have them... 30s, They're in the 30s, 30s right now. Yeah, 35. Uh, I think I would also say no. I mean, they are they are a really solid team that, that did really well, did win a series on the road. But I think what we already did is enough, was like was enough to, like, I mean, not overreact too much. We put them from unranked and like pretty much off the radar into like 35. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty solid jump. I think people should be fine with that one. But yeah, like, like you were saying, we, we do have to be forward looking. We take preseason expectations kind of into the into consideration. If you're going based off of resume, Lamar would be number one. So <laughs> I can't, can't have that. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that I struggle with a little bit with Portland is that it's really hard to find tough opponents coming up on their schedule. So I do feel a little bit bad for them. I mean, they have midweeks against Washington, Oregon, and they'll have that series at, at San Diego. That home series against Gonzaga is looking less interesting as the season goes along. And then a couple midweeks towards the end of the year against Oregon State. It's a problem we ran into last year when Penn won that series at AM was that after that series, Penn's strength of schedule dropped off a lot. And Penn ended up being very successful in the Ivy League until the very end where they just missed out on winning the Ivy League's uh, mini playoff and missing a spot in the tournament. But 
pen ended up lingering on in our top 50 for a really long time. And we felt less and less sure that they still belong there because they hadn't played anybody in a while. It becomes really challenging to know exactly where teams belong when their marquee win is week for them. That was their first weekend series of the year for Penn. <laughs> and then that was the hardest punt they played all year. Yeah, I, I do think Portland has a legit chance to win the WCC. Yeah, uh, agreed. It's their competition was Gonzaga and um, um, San Diego. Gonzaga has not started off well. They have a chance to turn it around, but um, I think, in my opinion, they're they're like the best in the in the conference right now. Yeah, Maybe some don't sleep on San Francisco, five hundred yeah. team last year. I think they'll be a, a 30, 35 win team this year. But I I agree. I think Portland, in my mind, is possibly co-favorites i'd say portland and san diego after the way mm-hmm. Gonzaga started the year are my two two favorites in the west coast conference and if we get to the end of the year and portland's won 40 games they have a series win at AM. i would be shocked if they're not in our top 25 like winning 40 games in the west coast conference is not a trivial like i think they very legitimately have a shot of being ranked yeah and depending on their rpi that would probably be enough to have a to secure a um what's it at large that's the word for sure I'm not i'm yeah. not in postseason mode yet <laughs> yeah yeah, this is what happens when we, when we record podcasts before noon. Yeah. So uh, I would say probably not, but we're definitely thinking about the pilots. That's the answer to that question. Thanks for listening to the College Baseball Nation podcast. If you liked what you heard, share it with a friend. If you didn't like what you heard, yell at us at Twitter or something. I don't know. By the way, our socials are at College Ball Nat. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter. And our website is collegebaseball.info. Thanks for listening and have a great week.